With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, living the dream once again here on a draft Saturday. Harbin and Schwartz with you. And our draft coverage on Fox Sports Radio is brought to you by NetSuite. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with your outdated software. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. That's special financing at NetSuite.com slash draft. NetSuite.com slash draft. It is a historic Saturday, fully vaccinated, side-by-side. Here we are, Harbin and Schwartz together in studio. Jeff, I've been waiting for this forever. (laughs) We've actually never met face-to-face that I can recall. You never know. I mean, we may have crossed paths inadvertently at some point, but love to have you in studio. I am glad to be here. Uh, Radio and TV is done best when in person, and I got to do an in-person show Thursday for Fox Sports, a draft show. It was the most fun I've had in the last year because we've been doing all this virtually, and uh, I'm glad to be here. It's just it's better radio when you're in person, so I'm glad to be here. By the way, you're decked out now. You're a SoCal guy. You got you, you got the enjoying the sun and everything else. You you don't miss any of this living in Carolina. Or? Um, I mean, I've seen the property values and taxes around here. <laughs> I've seen what they what they tax. Uh, yeah, Oh, well, and um, what I can afford in Charlotte, what I can afford here, are two separate <laughs> things. I do like coming home. Look, my parents live in West LA, and mm-hmm. so you know, th- there's it's, even when it's hot, mm-hmm. it's not like that hot over there. You get the offshore breeze, and it's just a fun place to be. But I, I like living in Charlotte. I mean, I'm, it's just is what it is. It is what it is. But it's great to have you here. By the way, he's decked out in his Ducks gear. Bad, proud Oregon guy, even if he comes from a UCLA family. <laughs> That's another story. But anyway, uh, here we are. We're in the midst of the fifth round of the draft uh, right now. Uh, we'll keep you updated on uh, any significant picks at this point. Let me ask you just at the top, as we get further into this draft and we get to the fifth, sixth, yeah. seventh round, 
and obviously you were a seventh round draft pick. Um, is it almost more beneficial at that point not to get drafted where you might have a chance as a free agent to sort of pick and choose where you think you might have a better opportunity, let's say, to make a team than being taken in the sixth or seventh round by a team that honestly may not have an opportunity for you to make the squad? People say that all the time, right? right? Agents do say that as well. And I did have a deal in place to go uh, to a team before the Panthers drafted me. Um, my, my day was long. It was you know two rounds on day one, five rounds the next day. 2008, 10 offensive tackles were taken in the first two, day, in the first two rounds. It's still a record. They're eight in the first round, by the way. And they were actually really good players for a long time. So I thought I'd be drafted early. I wasn't drafted as early as I thought. It was just was a long second day. So Panthers drafted me, picked 241. But I had a deal to go somewhere else. And so... I. I think the the wisdom is that, yes, you get to choose where you go because of the depth chart or because of your skill set or the coach, but the team does value a draft pick over an undrafted free agent. Right. So if the decision is you, who has been drafted or undrafted free agent to make the roster, they're going to take the guy they drafted. So you still have an advantage as a draft pick because they have chosen you for a specific reason. It might be just depth. It might be, hey, we take a flyer on guys. We get into the sixth or seventh round. There's one guy still left, Trey Smith from Tennessee, the offensive lineman, who's a first-round type talent, but has a medical red flag. I mean, he's he's the only guy left that you'd be like, yeah, He's coming at this point to possibly take a starting job. Someone will obviously start, but there's a lot of guys here that unless you follow your, your hardcore draft, Nick, and you're, you're breaking down 300 guys or it's your favorite conference, you don't know who these guys are. But they have a better chance than does an undrafted free agent to make the team because they've been selected by that team. All right, I'm going to uh, go back to uh, during the week as I'm doing my show in San Diego. They asked me to pick a top 10 for the draft leading up to the draft, and I repeated – player for player, exactly what you told me last week. Uh, And I looked really good. I was getting a lot of genius calls, thinking, of course, I just stole that from Schwartz. But anyway, uh, your top of the draft looked really good, and we got to get back to the first round and the third overall pick. You and I had discussion after discussion after discussion about this wild rumor that Mac Jones was going to suddenly catapult to the third overall pick in the draft, and I kept asking the same question, Jeff, over and over again. How many draft boards do you believe out of 32 had Mac Jones listed in front of both Trey Lance and Justin Fields? My answer to that was none, but everyone kept insisting, oh, a lot more than you think. Well, as it turned out, as it played out, (laughs) guess who went fifth out of those five quarterbacks? I still believe there wasn't a single team that had Mac Jones listed above both Justin Fields and Trey Lance. I know the Saints liked Mac Jones, but I don't know, to your point, where they liked Mac Jones. You know, if, if there was a, there was a thought that maybe if he fell and he did pass ten, the Saints might trade up and take him. Obviously, it did not happen that way. The Saints uh, took Ian Book today from uh, Notre Dame instead. My and look, I was wrong about Justin Fields. I thought it'd be Fields, but. I never thought it was Mac Jones. And I've made this case since this happened, is that you look at what they gave up to move up, right? They gave up multiple first-round draft picks. You look at where the NFL is headed. You look at comments Kyle Shanahan has made about wanting to be more mobile at that position. After they lost to Josh Allen, he made comments like, that's the wave of, of what we're doing in the NFL. And you look at who's been successful the last four or five years, right? Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert. What do those guys have in common? Traits guys, right? Big arm guy. Kyler Murray's not obviously big, but he's got a big arm. Big arm guys, 
can move a little bit, can make plays with their feet, can do a little off-script things. Yes, they throw off in the pocket. I get that. You have to do that first. Um, but Mac Jones fits none of those profiles. Guess who does? Trey Lance and Josh Fields. Right. And that's why, to me, it never made sense for the Niners to trade up. And look, I don't know if they thought Mac Jones first and then went to Trey Lance, which would be a backwards process because you should trade to three knowing who you want. Because reputable people whose job it is to to not really give opinions but to give report what they hear as, as sort of fact said the Niners taking Mac Jones. And that's why this is so surprising because I do think, and even though Shanahan said, oh, yeah, it was Trey Lance all the way, I, I think there's some smoke to the idea that they might have thought they wanted Mac Jones and got Trey Lance instead after doing more work. Having been a former PR guy in the NFL, let me tell you how this all works, right? <laughs> so when you when you want information out there, even if it's not correct, there's a way to leak things out. What I used to do with the media is this. I would give them things that I wasn't supposed to give them so that they would trust anything I said even if I was throwing out information that was purposely wrong. So they would protect me, you know, because they knew if it got out that I was giving them information I wasn't supposed to give them, then I would be done. They, they, they wouldn't be able to get any more information out of me. So I would sort of filter in information that was correct, that they wouldn't have gotten elsewhere if it hadn't come from me, but I would filter in information that I knew we wanted to get out there. But why would the Niners want that out there? Well, that was the big question because, as Kyle Shanahan said after the pick, he said, look, I was on vacation in Mexico when we made this trade to move up from 12 to 3, giving up two future number one picks, and it didn't take long for suddenly Mac Jones' name getting out there, and he kept thinking, where is this coming from? But I'll let it fly. I have no problem with that. You want to throw out Mac Jones? And and then he tried to backstep it a little bit. Hey, you know, we were open to the process, but they weren't going to pick. They, Trey Lance was their guy from the get-go. They, I, I, I'm leaning, I, I, even though I say, like, you know, they might but yes, I mean, it feels very likely it was always Trey Lance. Because again, it would be really incompetent practice to trade up to three without mm-hmm. the guy you have in mind. And Niners don't scream incompetence to me. Like, they, they don't scream like a, a franchise that would trade up like that. And not know what they're doing. There was only one other possibility, and I thought about this as this progressed, is perhaps they moved up to three with the idea that they could use this as a chip to get a big-time quarterback. Deshaun Watson was still in play at that time. And now, obviously, Watson fell off the board. But, I mean, that would be— The problem with that, though, Steve, is that it it wasn't just one first-round pick to get Watson. Right. And the Niners already gave away 22 and 23. So if you're the Texans, and even going to the back to the, and we'll get to Aaron Rodgers in a second. Even if you're trained to the Packers too, that f- one first round pick is not enough for those correct, guys. Correct. We need more than now. Rodgers a little a bit less because he's a little older. So that's why I never thought this was leverage for something else. Um, and so I I like the way they went. I, I already Trey Lance plus eight hundred for rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. I love that bet because I think he'll play earlier. Really? Well, here's here's why. Okay, so how is this going to play out with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because coming up on the other side, we're going to get into the big Aaron Rodgers story. It doesn't matter how it plays out. Like it, they could do whatever they want. Let like, me tell you this. So, <laughs> two thousand four, right? The Chargers had. The number one pick in the draft, Eli Manning makes it clear he doesn't want to play for them. They trade down with the Giants. They take the fourth pick, and they they pick Phillip Rivers because they didn't believe in Drew Brees. And then that year, Drew Brees all of a sudden has a Pro Bowl season. They go from 4-12 to 12-4, and and they're like, wow, we just used the fourth overall pick on a quarterback, and the guy that we didn't think was that 
just had a great year. Now, at the end of the second year, they were still 100% in on Drew Brees. He hurt the shoulder, and they were going to re-sign him. This is a story that never came out, this idea that they were automatically handing it off to Phillip Rivers. My point about bringing up that story is, what if Jimmy Garoppolo comes out on fire this year, and they just start rattling off wins, and he is playing at that level like Drew Brees suddenly had this breakout season that year for the Chargers? Then what do you do? Well, I think then you're in a great situation. Is then you're winning, right? Because if Jimmy G is, is what if they win the well, Super Bowl with Jimmy G this year? Congratulations. I mean, like then. I mean, I, I, you won a Super Bowl. I don't think they care at that point, right? I mean, I, I think then it's obviously you know way we keep him for one or two more years, mm-hmm. or maybe it's even better trade leverage and move on to Trey. Well, Lance. does Trey Lance suddenly become Aaron Rodgers behind Brett Favre sitting there for three or four years? But that's not a that's not a a bad situation to be in to have. A winning a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and then also a guy you believe can win a Super Bowl. Right. That's why I think that what they do with Jimmy G is irrelevant. If they if they keep him to, to help you know to help learn um, you know to help teach Trey Lance, great. Mm-hmm. If he plays well, great because that means you're winning football games. If he doesn't play well, you put Trey Lance in. Like they're in a good spot because again they don't have to trade him with New England now taking Mac Jones. No one's trading for Jimmy G. So you just keep them. Right. And and having two good quarterbacks is never a bad thing. Look what the Chiefs did. The the, the Chiefs model is what they want here, right? Which is you you know, you let Jimmy Garoppolo and Alex Smith play the last year of their deal. You go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You let the young kid get one or two starts, which is what Pat Mahomes had that week seventeen start against Den, uh, uh, the Broncos. And you get ready for next year. But I will say though, the clock is ticking on some of their contracts. So they they would need to win, I think, fairly soon. So Sitting for an entire year might not be ideal, but having two good quarterbacks is never a bad thing. All right, coming up on the other side, speaking of one really good quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. He wants out. He has made it clear he doesn't want to play ever again for the Green Bay Packers. Will he stay in Green Bay? If he's traded, where will he go? We got all the answers coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz. Jeff asked me a question. You should already know the answer. When you do radio as long as I have, if you were to try to put my headset on right now, you would not be able to tolerate it. Yeah, I'm very like I have one ear in right now. I I can't do it. Like I have to turn. I don't loud noises. Like my kids screaming is like the worst ever. Like my wife knows. Like it. I get irrationally upset when I. It's like I something. Yeah, I, just the, like loud noises just bother me. Well, uh, nothing energizes me like the sound of my own voice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm, nothing gets me going. I'm with you there, hearing myself talk. Uh, but listening to you, Jeff, is the next best thing. All right, we got a lot to talk about as far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned. We actually have an Aaron Rodgers update right now. So this sort of broke over this draft weekend that Aaron Rodgers made it publicly known that he has played his last game as a Green Bay Packer. There, there's not going to be any more games with the Green Bay Packers. He wants out. Trade me. Get that out there. I understand now we have an update from Aaron Rodgers. He's yes. not happy about this? Or so uh, he's at the Derby. Right. right. We saw the picture this morning. Um, and uh, Mike Tirico says uh, Rodgers told him he was disappointed that the news has come out of this rift with the Packers. Tirico says that Rodgers expressed how much he loves Green Bay. <laughs> Wait a second. That it leaked out, he's the one who put it out there. Correct. Um, <laughs> I think he did it because he wanted he didn't want Tim Tebow to have the spotlight on Thursday when the announcement came out that he was moving to tight end. Oh, you've nailed and this. So he wants a spotlight. Why. Think about this. He just won his third MVP award at age 37. Yeah. Is anybody talking about Aaron Rodgers? No. And, and here's the thing about this expressing a, a trade. And Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports wrote today, and Charles is very well connected, that he wants him fired. He wants Gutekind's fired, the GM. Mm. So... I, I understand the the anger that he had last draft, right? Because there was a, a legitimate case to be made. They needed a wide receiver to help them out. And they went ahead and drafted quarterback of the future, and they trade up to do so. So I understand that that anger that was there. And then the second round, they took a running back. Third round, they took an H tight end, right? Like they, they, just, they didn't draft terribly well to help him out last year. And I get it, right? Tom Brady continues to get weapons for himself. The Chiefs just reload the entire offensive line, right? Like, let's get our guys weapons. We've seen other teams go around the NFL, get themselves weapons, right? The Ravens drafted multiple wide receivers in this draft. So we're seeing teams that need help. No, the quarterbacks need help are doing that, and the Packers are not. So I understand the anger behind last season. But this draft, the Packers did a good job, I think. Like, like the Packers drafted a, a, a corner. Did you watch the NFC Championship? They need help in on defense. Like they're, so there's this, there's this dynamic here where Rodgers wants help, but the Packers, I think, have done a good job of adding pieces to help the team. They just haven't got him that number one wide receiver. Devontae Adams, obviously, is number one, but you know someone else, right? Someone else, and they put they say, hey, Rodgers, we're going to take your advice. We're going to take your thoughts into the way we draft. Here you go. He's a different bird. I mean, there's he no is. doubt he, about he, that, he Aaron Rodgers. I go back to that fourth down pass to Devontae Adams at the goal line when a lot of people thought he could have run it in I in that NFC Championship. I do not think he would have run it in. I don't think he could have run it in, but throwing the ball into double coverage, almost triple coverage on Devontae Adams, to me, was almost his way of saying, I only have one option on this play. 
I really did. When I saw that pass, like he's like, I have one option, Devontae Adams, yeah. and I'm going to almost prove to you. Now he's hoping, obviously, to get the touchdown, but when it's knocked down, you see, you see, you see the problem here? I'm watching across the field. Brady's got all these options out there. I got one. Devontae Adams in that situation. I only have one guy I can throw to in the red zone that I can count on to make a play, and that's Devontae Adams. Whereas Tom Brady across the field's got multiple yeah. options. It was almost his way in a Aaron Rodgers way to say, you see? You see the problem we have here? I, I don't think he thought that in the moment. I mean, that would be very conniving in the fourth down of an NFC Championship game. I don't put it past but, him. I mean, I, I don't I, – and that's right. I, and plenty of people talked about, you know, that he would be, out of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, the guy willing to sit out for the season uh, if, it, if it so came to that. And, you know, he's upset that they basically haven't extended him, right? He wants more money because right. – you know, the, the commitment to Jordan Love feels uh, legit for the Packers. Well, he should know. And, the Packers did that with him with Brett Favre. And, and look, and, and Tom Brady was upset when, you know, Jimmy G was drafted and the same thing happened in New right. England. Um, and, you know, maybe they trade Jordan Love to, as a sign of, hey, we're, we're in it with you. Um, but here's here's what it comes down to. Is the Packers are going to call his bluff. They're yeah. going to say, all right, well, don't, don't show up. Sure. And I'll believe it. When I the first snap of the season, probably Soldier Field, mm-hmm. or Lambeau Field, is taken, and Aaron Rodgers is not under center. But I will tell you one other thing to watch out for. The NFL schedule gets released in two weeks. We'll see how many games, primetime games the Packers have, because that'll tell you which way the league is thinking. Because if he if they still have their five or six primetime games, okay, they think Rodgers is going to play. But if it's like three or two, they think he's not going to be there, and it, it, that's a one. That's a moment. I think it's May twelfth. But why would he do that? I mean, let, let's because, let's because say he, he sits because, three out of four. Let's say he sits out three or four games to make some kind of point, and they lose those games, and that's the difference well, between because, making the playoffs and not well, making the playoffs him, at the end of the season. But give him more money. I mean, imagine he wants. Well, how he, much more money does he well, need? It, it, so it, it's about it's about you know the uh, the commitment level, right? It's about um, you know for for players. It's a and that's the way that teams show loyalty the most, right? Mm-hmm. They give us more money, right? And I guarantee, you know, years on a deal. So if you're Rogers and you're sitting there and you're not able to say, hey, you know, this team is guaranteeing me more money, this team is guaranteeing more, you know, more years. That's how you know if a team's invested. Now, I would argue that in Rogers' case, it, you've been there so long, sixteen years. You should know they're invested in you. Um, but look at the Packers too. They just they went to the NFL game two years in a row with the offense they've had. He just won the MVP. They had a prolific scoring offense. Why would they think they need to address offense? All right, let, let's just play fantasy for a second here because we it, it has been reported, true or not, that the 49ers did offer the third overall pick to Green Bay. Green Bay had no interest in that because there wasn't a lot beyond that. What, are you going to throw Garoppolo into the deal? There wasn't a lot of meat on the bone with that possible trait. But we, we, I think you and I are in accord. If there was one team out there that maybe, maybe could put a deal together that Green Bay, if worse came to worse, could entertain a thought. One, they'd have to be in a different conference, so AFC. It's the Denver Broncos. So could the Denver Broncos put together a package that you think Green Bay would be interested in? Could John Elway I mean, put together could, could a they? package? Could they? Sure. Um Will they get there? Probably not. I well, think. how many I mean, number one picks would you have to give up to get a 37, 38 year old quarterback? Probably two, right? You're one next year and the year after that. Right. They could, they could do it. Um, I just don't think the Packers are. I, it, it also, you know, if, if you, 
are giving away first round picks to the Packers, and you have Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. those picks are twenty through thirty two. Correct. So they're not as valuable as picking number third overall. So if you're the Packers, you're obviously all in on Jordan Love in that situation. And maybe this is the time. I mean, this is why you draft. I mean, the reason you're in this situation, you drafted the guy to take over for Roger. Now it might happen. I mean, they're in a weird spot, too. So, um, I mean, Denver feels like the best option, right? Because in, in the AFC, who's a semi-contender and needs a quarterback that Rodgers will get along with their coach? I don't. I think Gruden and Rodgers are not a match. Not at all. Um, and so I, I do think that the Broncos are the place, but... I mean, they just got Bridgewater, one-year deal, I believe, or two years left on his deal. They drafted Sertan. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, Dever has it, some very promising it, it, receivers. It I be, mean, Judy is obviously just waiting for a quarterback to get him the ball. It would be, it would be the Broncos in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I how would Aaron Rodgers do? You got a defensive coach there, Vic Fangio, so he'll handle he would, the defensive I, side of the football. I think he would do. I think he would. They need do, Von Miller good. to come back hundred percent. I think. Though. Oh, Rodgers was in Denver. They would be. That, that division with the Chargers, Chiefs, and, and right. Broncos would yeah. be really good. You think that the uh, Broncos could challenge Kansas City with Aaron Rodgers what, at quarterback? Man, look, what the Chiefs have done this offseason, and they often are a little reactionary at times, but it works. They have revamped their offensive line, right? They cut my brother. They cut Eric Fisher. They had some injury issues last year. And they've done everything in their power to make that offensive line better for Mahomes. Um, but there's still and, question marks at those tackle spots. If they're well, the right guys for that well, sure. system, I mean, sure. Like the, the young kid from TCU, we don't mm-hmm. know yet. Right. And obviously, Orlando Brown, um, he's going to have to pass protect two hundred fifty times more than he has been in Baltimore. But that's the way to get to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs have done everything they can to slow him down. I just, it's hard for me to see the Broncos winning that division with the way that Andy Reid has owned that division. Um, so I would, I wouldn't put them ahead of the Chiefs, but, but dude. The Chargers are going to be freaking good too. They've nailed the draft. Like they've done everything they have to do as well to position that you know themselves. And I, what I like about the Chargers right now too is new coach, very quiet. Right, it's just very quiet. We're not, we're not, we're not getting weird rock paper scissor comments. We're not just getting it's just very quiet, workmanlike. So it's a tough division. I don't think the Broncos are favorite with Rogers. I think it's still the Chiefs until otherwise. The AFC is good. The AFC, the Browns drafted well. The Bills have drafted well. This is going to be fun. All right. I'm going to ask you when you start grading out the draft before anyone plays a game, I'm going to ask you how you can do that. But first, <laughs> let's find out what's trending right now. David Gascon, excited to see Schwartz in the building. I'm a little disappointed. How's that? Um, you didn't bring anything from Denise to give to Jeff. Oh, I know. Yeah, I was going. I see. I dropped mm. the ball, Steve. She wasn't out Fumble. and about. She was out and about this morning, and uh-huh. I was not able to put it together. We'll uh-huh. we'll we'll send Jeff stuff. We'll send some baked goods, Jeff, because once you had Denise's baked goods, it's you never go for. back. You never go back. Okay, I'm never in. ever yeah. go back. I'll be out here again at some point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How many? I mean, we've seen. What is Ornberger's record here as far as eating? Uh, maybe one of her cook like 12, 15? Uh, didn't you say he stacked like seven of them? He did. Yeah. yeah. Well, he did it's the disgusting. brownie thing where it was like ridiculous when he stacked it all up there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 close in hot pursuit of Rich. I, I've taken down the Thin Mint cookies. <laughs> um, well, she makes. She'll actually do this, Jeff. Well, I, like. Gascon had a specific cookie, even if she had never done it before, and she delivered, right? Yeah. yeah. Thin mints. Yeah. That yeah, was good. Incredible it was, it was stuff. Real good. Guys, uh, they're in round number five of the NFL draft. All the action's available. You can pick it up as well online at foxsportsradio.com. Uh, a couple guys in the fourth round, Michael Carter out of North Carolina goes to the New York Jets, so he makes his way there. 
Uh, Jalen Darden from North Texas, the wide receiver, goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ian Book, the quarterback from Notre Dame, he gets picked up 133 by the New Orleans Saints. And Royce Newman, the offensive guard from Ole Miss, goes at 142 to the Green Bay Packers. Yankees 4-1 right now over the Tigers. National 7, Marlins 2, Royals 9-0 over the Twins right now. Home half of the fourth inning from Minnesota. Guys, back to you. All right, David, thank you very much. Harbin and Schwartz with you. In studio together, you mentioned uh, how well all these teams did in the draft. And I remember this was back in 1998. Eight, Jeff, in San Diego, and the Chargers had moved from three to two overall in the draft, and and traded a lot to move up one slot to get their guy. And the next day, the UT, the Union Tribune of San Diego, grading out the draft, gave the Chargers an A plus, A plus draft as they took Ryan Leaf with the second overall pick. The thinking was Peyton Manning, number one overall, was limited. Ryan Leaf had far more upside. Five years from now, ten years from now, nobody will remember Peyton Manning. Everyone will be talking Ryan Leaf. A+. plus. It is now known as the worst draft pick of all time. So how do you... How do you grade out drafts? To me, it's sort of like handing out a grade before you've actually taken the test. But do you grade it out just based on pre-hype based on so-called draft experts of who should go where? Is it about need? How do you how do you evaluate the draft as it's going on, whether or not teams are doing a good job? Well, I purposely don't actually give draft grades. I tell everyone that they just got an A-plus on Twitter because everyone everyone got the guy they wanted right when they wanted <laughs> they to. They all celebrate they, in the room yeah, they, there, like, high-fiving. Like, you know, they got him uh, you know, at the, at, on their board, the guy they wanted – to me, it's about it's about especially for contenders like immediate need mm-hmm. and how they handle those. So look at look at the the Bills and look at the the, the Browns for example in the AFC. What do they do in this draft? They load up on defense to stop the Chiefs, right? The Browns even the offseason, right? They added two two defensive players. They added uh, defensive backs. They added more defensive backs in the draft. The Bills went after a pass rush early in the draft. So I look at now that doesn't mean those players will pan out, but it's about the process of how you're building your team. I like those picks because they've gone about adding positions of need to help them beat the team they have to build, uh, have to beat. If you look at like the Dolphins, right, they continue to add pieces to holes they have on the team. Now, they're not always going to pan out, but they added the pieces to the teams where they have to be. And it's also about getting value, right? So if you're the Raiders, for example, and you draft Alex Leatherwood 17th overall, look, he's going to be a good football player, in my opinion, but you could have got him at 34. Like, that's the difference, right? You could have got him a little bit later in the draft. We actually could have had their picks flipped. It would have been fine, right? The, the, the safety from TCU most had in the first round. And Leatherwood, if they flip those picks, everyone's like, good job, Raiders. So, but you are playing a guessing game because you're thinking, well, of course. You know, I mean, you have to figure out, all right, what's on the board around you? Where do other teams have certain players rank? You mentioned someone that a lot of people thought could be a low first, mid, even all the way to mid-second round pick going in the middle of the first round with the Raiders. Do you think that they were fearful because they obviously they had him high on their board, even if other teams did not, uh, that they were fearful even of another team out there that might be seeking to move up to get him. Well, that's what that's what it's about, right? It's about finding out where someone might be. So you look at, um, you know, who traded up to ten yesterday? The Eagles. Well, they got Smith, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, example. They you know, the Giants were 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 rumored to want Devontae Smith at eleven. And this is to your point earlier about using the media, right? There was mm-hmm. leaks, you know, Devontae Smith, I want yeah. Devontae Smith. So the Eagles trade up for, for Devontae Smith. So there is some of that. And that's what we see, I think, right now as far as 
trades in the sixth round. They're in the sixth round right now. Oh, still at the end of round five. You know, trades right now are because it's pick 182, right? The Falcons have someone on their board at, at 130. And let's just say it's a wide receiver. Right. And the team behind them, I believe it's the Panthers. And no, it's Atlanta has two straight picks. But let's say it's Baltimore who's after behind them. And you know Baltimore still hasn't really gotten a wide receiver yet. This is a hypothetical as they have. You know what? We're going to go and trade and get that guy right now. Like That's what it's about. It's about finding value. So to me, I don't really give A, B, C, D. I look at contenders and how they went about trying to fill holes on their team to, for example, the Packers, right? They drafted a corner in the first round. That's who they needed to draft in the first round. That's why I look at how you grade a draft. Now, let me ask you this question, because we're even seeing now as we're ending the fifth round here, you're still seeing some of these GMs and personnel people that get a pick in at 185, and they're high-fiving, we got him, we got him, we got him. You, you you played in the NFL, you had to work your way through the ranks, Jeff, just to make it in the NFL, you did it successfully, but you also saw as your NFL career progressed, a lot of draft picks walking in yeah. the door. Could you tell... I've asked this of other guys that played in the league. Could you tell sooner rather than later whether or not a guy had it to play in the league? Once you have experience and understand what it takes to play in the National Football League, could you get a first impression of, let's say, a, a third, fourth, fifth round pick in the draft and saying, uh-uh, it's not going to work with this guy? Or do guys surprise you sometimes where you, you don't see a lot early on and then suddenly on the field they're a totally different guy? So you often see it with top draft picks. They come and you're like, oh, boy, that guy's not any good. You see that. You you don't see it as often on the other side where it's like a young player because the young players aren't getting as many reps in practice. The Correct. older guys are getting reps. Yeah. So if it's, you know, Jimmy Clausen, for example, I, I hate to, you know, he's a nice <laughs> kid, but like, we to Carolina, I was like, he can't play. Like, you tell right away, right? Um, and I remember even in college, we had a five-star recruit at Oregon offensive lineman, and like, it was like, oh, you can't play. Um, so you can tell that fairly quickly. Um and that's disappointing because teams are obviously drafting players in the first three rounds to start. I think yes. once you get to, to four, five, six, seven, those are bonuses. It's more for bonuses, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know, it's it's not good when a guy comes in. Now, there's obviously room for growth, but I think it's more about attitude, and effort at those stages. If you don't see the effort and attitude, and look, I'm not saying Jimmy Clausen didn't play hard. I think that that was a talent issue, but the effort and attitude sometimes of younger players that think they've arrived, or it's been easy for them in college and high school, and they get to the NFL and it's tougher. They don't know how to respond to that. That's where you see it now. Of course, you can always improve, but I think a lot of a lot of players are like I I don't see it with this guy right away, and um, <laughs> you hope. And, and this is why draft slots so important, by the way, is that that gives you the leash you have in. in in the building. And it frustrated me as a seventh round draft pick because there were times in around my career where um, you know, guys were getting signed in front of me as free agents just because of where they were drafted. Mm-hmm. Not because they were better than me, just because they were drafted. Because if you're drafted first, second, third round, the team obviously is more financially invested in you. But they all but teams then the rest of your career believe that, you know, oh, it's a first round pick, I'll take him. I can fix him. I can fix him. Because he's, you know, first round picks tend to be athletically gifted and very talented, and they think they can fix them. It's the ego of the game. Where a seventh round draft pick, like me, they're like, ah, you know. So, where you get drafted, for most guys, can determine how your career at least goes once you get past the stage of, you know, that second contract. 
Jimmy Clausen, I was first introduced to Jimmy when he was 12 years old by his father. I'll never forget this. He had the two brothers, Casey and Rick Clausen, good guys and everything else. I get introduced to this 12-year-old at the Rose Bowl, no less, right? He was sitting there and, you know, I'm a kid, right? Yeah. Gives me attitude. Really? And I was thinking, because his dad, nicest guy in the yeah. world, and his brothers are great guys, and I'm looking at this kid, and it's like, he was like the chosen one. He literally thought that when he was 12 years old. Then he went over to Oaks Christian, where he cleaned up on a bunch of inferior talent and everything else. And is all. I'm not surprised about that. I mean that 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 does not surprise me at all. But no, I just I just always have wondered about that. Where as a player, and you mentioned here's one thing about New England, the Patriots, and why they have sustained success for so long. And you know this, how this works, Jeff. The thing about New England, they don't care where they drafted you or how much they gave you, perhaps in a free agent signing. They can tell instantly whether or not it's going to fit, and they don't linger. Like they don't hang on. Like a lot of teams yeah. say, "Well, let's give them another chance, another I, chance." I, I, they 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 pretty much yeah. make up their mind, and if, if it's not going to work, they just cut them loose. They don't care. I, I do think there's more of teams cutting guys loose now than ever before. Yeah, but it's a, but the draft slot's more about your second team and your third team. Like you get more chances on those teams. Mm because of that than you do on your current team. So, yeah, I mean, team, you know, now, I mean, we, we've we seen some of your fifth-round picks get cut after training, which never, you know this, never, you never cut your draft class. Maybe you cut a seventh-round pick every now and then. But you just, I think I think guys now are like, you know what? I, I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. And which is unfortunate it. because someone along the way in your personnel department sold you on the idea that, oh, yeah, this guy's definitely a third-round pick. He's a maker. I and mean, then all of a sudden you cut them loose. It's like yikes! What yeah. happened there? Yeah. So um, mm. that's that's what how the draft goes. Uh, and now you're getting guys at the end of the fifth round that are special teams guys that are you know roster depth guys. You're not drafting a guy right now to start for you this year. If they do, good. It's a bonus. But these guys are are depth guys, back roster guys, develop you know developmental guys. You should not have to pick a starter right now. That means your roster is, is really struggling. Five quarterbacks won in the first 15 picks. How will these quarterbacks fare with these new teams? Jeff's got the answers coming up next. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz here. John Ramos on the board today. Look at John. It's good to see John here. John and I go way back, Jeff. You know? Yeah. Yeah, way back. Who do you, who do you not go way back with? <laughs> That's, that's true. That's, that's true. a good question. Actually, <laughs> exactly. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I. It's like half the half the uh, producers. They're like Lee, our producer. He he interned for me. It's, they all move up the charts. You know, they bypass me is what they do. Um, <laughs> all right, quickly here, Jeff. I, I want to go over these five quarterbacks here. Let's the do it. Five of the top fifteen picks are quarterbacks, and obviously, if you're going to pick a quarterback in the top half of the first round, you are projecting them to be your future quarterback at some point. So when we look look at Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville and we look at Zach Wilson with the Jets and Trey Lance with the 49ers and Justin Fields with the Bears and Mac Jones with the Patriots. Which one of those guys do you think is in the best fit as far as future success in the National Football League? Well, I mean, it's Trey Lance in that offense. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be the best, but if you're asking for the best fit, it's definitely in a Shanahan offense. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence, obviously elite talent, and I'm excited to watch him play, but we don't know how Urban Meyer is going to translate to the NFL yet. 
you know, people assume he's going to be good, but we, we don't know that. I mean, there's there's a long list of college coaches who have failed at the NFL level. And there's some that have succeeded. Obviously, Pete Carroll uh, being one of them uh, who has succeeded. Um, but there's no there's no guarantee he'll succeed. And so I can't tell you if Lawrence is going to be great or not now. I think he has the potential to be to be great. We'll see how Urban does. I'm not sold on Zach Wilson. I, I think that he's, you know, typically you have, you know, if there's two guys go to the top, one's a bust and one is. Zach Wilson feels like the bust out of the two of them. All right, let, let me. Let me slow you down on Zach Wilson. I'm still, I'm with you. I, I still am trying to figure this Zach Wilson thing out because two years ago at BYU, he had 11 touchdowns and nine picks. Last year, he had 33 touchdowns without playing a single power fight school. They, they had five Pac 12 oh, yeah. games wiped off their schedule. Yeah. BYU is an independent, was scrambling to get any opponents out there. And suddenly, Zach Wilson is being called the Mormon Mahomes. Like he is Patrick so, Mahomes. And it's like, Really? Suddenly? Based on what? How did Zach Wilson just catapult to where he ended up in this draft? So, uh, J-Mac, who had shows earlier today, we did a draft show on Thursday. He's a Jets fan, obviously. Yes. And he's like, this is more more Mahomes. Got a little touch of Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, excuse me? Mm -hmm. Did you just say a quarterback is... Rogers and Mahomes, both. Like, what are we doing with this? I remember, um, I don't forget who it was. An analyst said, "You know, he plays the game like Steph Curry shoots threes. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what are we doing? I'm with you, man. When you watch him play, his offensive line was at, was fantastic. He had plenty of time to throw. All of his highlight throws are when he's just sitting. Not excuse me, the opposite of sitting in the pocket. He's just running all over the place. Like that's not successful in the NFL. You have to throw from the pocket, and so I just I'm really concerned that we've overhyped him based off of um, based off of one year against Northwest Tech State. They played right. week, yeah. Um, and so I I I I don't see it with him. Um, I. Would have drafted Justin Fields? Or I mean, can you Trey tell Lance? me that Zach Wilson has more talent? Because, by the way, ironically, he's the same age as Sam Darnold. They're yeah, both... yeah, Sam's very young, yeah. Yeah, so can you tell me that's a significant upgrade? Now, I granted, new GM, new coach, they had no connection to Sam Darnold's pick. But can you tell me, having looked at both these quarterbacks, that that is a major upgrade for the Jets, replacing Sam Darnold with Zach Wilson? I don't think it is, but the Jets are drafting to help him at least, which it doesn't feel like they drafted to help Sam Darnold. That's the right. big difference. I think that you know they've. If you look at their draft, obviously it was very. They drafted Vera Tucker. They drafted, I believe, a running back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure they wide receiver today. It's like they've they've tried to help him more than they ever did Sam Darnold. So he'll get the opportunity to be good, uh, but brand new coaching staff as well that we don't know much about, right? I mean that's and that's so that's part of why I am not. I just. There's a lot of things I, I, I just get this vibe from him. He also he just kind of like he just looks way too young. I, yeah, they they drafted Elijah Vera Tucker, which I knew at 14. Then Elijah Moore from from Mississippi, um, uh, famed. Uh, was he the one? Yeah, he was the famed. Uh, was he the one that with, with the leg up uh, yes. cele- uh, celebration? <laughs> um, and then Michael Carter, who people had as a you know third, fourth, fifth type running back in the fourth round. Right. They drafted a. a, a um, 
a safety and a corner. So, yeah, they've kind of gone in a defensive direction in the second half. of the day. They've drafted two guys named Michael Carter, by the way. So, they've at least... <laughs> <laughs> do they, do they? you know, like in The Bachelor, have you ever watched The Bachelor and you have like two girls with the same name? I do not. And, I, and, and so they have to call, you know, somebody A and somebody yeah, B. That, that, I mean, is that going to work with Michael Carter's? They're going to have to call like one like MC and one like Michael or something like that. Um, so, look, I, they, they've tried to help him, yeah. but I don't see it. Uh, like I said, Trey Lance is in a great system, right. great coach, good offensive line, good weapons around him. Um, and then Justin Fields with the Bears. Um, you know, I... I be- All right, I want I want you to hold off on Justin Fields because yeah, okay. I I want I want because the thing about Justin Fields was did you did, were you watching the telecast I, I'm sure you were and you know Justin Fields is there in this living room this huge couch area with his family and right before the Bears after the Bears moved up to number twelve there they went to the shot and there was nobody in oh, the yeah, room was, and he was yeah, and then they, they, they then they walked up, yeah. in so it was, sort of quietly it was very just clear walked he had just in just been drafted by the Bears but yeah but did you see his look. After they actually announced the pick, no, I did not. There what? was no agile. There was nothing like everyone jumping. He, he sort of grabbed his phone and he, you know he was hugging his family without a whole lot of emotion. Maybe he's not an emotional guy, uh, but he didn't seem overly thrilled uh, to hear that the Bears have moved up to get him at number twelve. But on the other side, I definitely want to get into him, and I am really intrigued about Mac Jones. Who, by the way, is a great speed walker, apparently. You saw him once he finally got his name called. He uh, hustled his way. You look like a guy that had to go to the bathroom and didn't want anyone to know. <laughs> that, that's the walk you do. That's the bathroom walk. Everyone knows that walk. Well, he thought he was going to get the call at number three. Did you see him just sitting there staring at his I, phone I, like, is this I, thing going to ring or didn't not? Did you really believe he was going third? No, I. he must have thought it. Uh, but it didn't happen. He ends up with the Patriots. But how is that going to work with New England? Did they actually find their quarterback of the future? We'll have much more on the draft coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the Three and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks, coaches. Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year-round. Listen to the 3 and Out podcast with me, John Middlecoff, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought 
in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, rolling along on this draft Saturday. Finally, Hartman and Schwartz side by side. <laughs> fully vaccinated, yes. folks. Fully vaccinated. We're all good here. Hey, by the way, our draft coverage on Fox Sports Radio is all brought to you by NetSuite. You still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. Right now, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash draft, netsuite.com slash draft. Uh, By the way, we got the Derby going on today. Uh, I would imagine, Jeff, knowing you, that uh, you got something wagered on the uh, uh, Derby today. I texted a friend of mine. I said, what do I do in the Derby? And he sent me back a... uh, a list of what to do, and that's what I did. I do not know what it means, mm-hmm. but I have placed a wager. Uh, I did a exacta box. <laughs> Good luck to me. I'll check my account later tonight and see. Is, if is I, this is this a, a tradition with you in the Derby? I mean, are you also in on the Preakness and Belmont Triple Crown races? Uh, it depends on how how plugged in I am. Like today, after we're done, I'm I'm I'm, I'm out of town. I don't have my kids around, so right. I have a chance to. I, I don't even know what I bet on. I have no. I'll just check my account when I'm done. <laughs> I have no idea what I did. You were I, actually I, I asking good, me, what, good, wait, is the race coming? No, I had it's a, good, a little bit later. I had a yeah. good draft uh, wagering. Uh-huh. A lot of the favorites, the favorite um, uh. bets hit. Um, you know, The draft ended up being kind of very chalky in mm-hmm. the end. There were some surprises, obviously, on kind of where maybe in fields went or where some went. But actually, like... The way if you looked at the odds beforehand, Trey Lance ended up being the the betting favorite to go third by the time the draft went off, and Fields had dropped off a cliff. That's like, interesting because you mentioned J Mac. I had uh, Jason McIntyre on my show Thursday morning at eight o'clock. They have the draft right, and I asked him. I said, "Who ultimately is going to go third? And J Mac likes to wager. He's made that clear, and he says, "Follow the money. It's going to be Mac Jones." So at least at eight a.m. What we, what he was being told was yeah. that Mac Jones was the betting favorite. Of course, I had it, told him I'm going to go with Trey Lance at that point. But uh, it depends on what on what market you look at too. I mean, obviously, there's like the Vegas market, and mm-hmm. then there's the offshore market, and the yeah. offshore market violently fluctuates. Mm-hmm. The Vegas market is is more consistent. Um, and you know, but by but by by about two hours before the draft, it was Trey Lance was the favorite. So, by the way, uh, earlier that day, also I talked to a guy with a well known sports gambling service and i asked him what kind of odds could i get that mac jones falls out of the top 10 he goes out of the top 10 plus 500 
Yeah, and you, I said, I, well, I'm I, not a better, but I told my partner, I go, because he was looking to get some tickets for the Giants Padre series this weekend, <laughs> spent a few bucks with he and his girlfriend. I said, I am telling you right now, plus 500, plus five, get on that right now. That'll pay for, um, there's no way Mac Jones is going top 10. And I was right. I, it's not right. It's not all the time I'm right, but I felt that one. By the way, speaking of Mac Jones, so he falls into New England's lap. There would have been speculation. Would New England try to move up to get a Justin Fields? But they apparently were comfortable to see Mac Jones fall to 15. So when you look at Mac Jones, 77% completion rate his senior year or a junior, whatever it might have been, at Alabama, his first full year as a starter. And all I remember about watching Mac Jones is the fact that he had no pressure on him the entire year. Like he would literally stand in the pocket, wait, 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 and then throw it to one of his multitude of super skilled players wherever direction he was going. But he ends up still 15 overall pick. I mean, Belichick is sold, obviously, that Mac Jones has an opportunity because they don't draft quarterbacks in the first round. So what is it they see in Mac Jones and with Josh McDaniels and Belichick? What's the timetable here? How's this going to play out for Mac Jones with the Patriots? I mean, Mac Jones and Cam Newton are so different in their skill set. So you design an offense heading into the season, you kind of design one or the other. It's it's hard to envision. Can you can you have one offense on the field and work with another no, quarterback not, in a different offense? No, not with it. I mean, you look, they're going to have the same base plays in for both guys. It's a matter of the you know the, the plays they have with Cam running the ball, the design runs. They're not going to do that with Mac Jones. So if Mac Jones were to, were to play, if Mac Jones were to play, <laughs> but Mike keeps moving, if Mac Jones yes. were to play, right. um, you know, they just wouldn't run those plays, but they also would probably wouldn't even have in like the 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 other plays for Jones, if that makes sense. Right? Like the, they're going to have the base plays in for both guys. They're going to have in the scheme-specific things for Cam, but not for Mac Jones yet. So if he plays, you're going to have to kind of, kind of flip that around. So this this feels too easy. Like, everyone assumed Mac Jones was going there. He went there because of what Tom Brady did in that offense for so many years. Right. I, I just don't think things in the NFL are that simple. Where, like, you just, oh, yeah, just Mac Jones, perfect fit for New England. Uh, I guess, but well, I will but, say but that... Look at Belichick is making the call here. Well, yeah. And, he and, had to and, look at that. I mean, they had to... You're, bat, you're drafting what, 15. This team has a lot of what, needs besides quarterback. Here's what here's what happened. In a year where there was less availability, availability to interview the prospects, have dinner with them, get everything background you normally would, he probably called Nick Saban mm-hmm. and was like, hey, buddy. Yeah. How do you feel about this guy? Same with Christian Barrymore, who they drafted in the second round, D-tackle. And Nick was probably like, go get him. I mean, that, that, that heavily, I think, influenced him, Belichick, in drafting Mac Jones was his buddy Nick Saban telling him that it was okay to do so. Is there a significant difference, in your opinion, between Mac Jones and Kyle Trask? I mean, I don't think Trask is as accurate. Different offense, obviously. Trask is a little more mobile. He's made more plays uh, with his feet. But I think Mac Jones is a better, much better ball placement. All right. Uh, let's get to uh, Justin Fields right now. So the Bears move up. They haven't had a franchise quarterback since Sid Luckman in the 40s. Okay, so they've gone through a lot of quarterbacks. Last Bear quarterback to make a Pro Bowl was uh, Jim McMahon. Of course, his career was shortened with all the injuries. They moved up to the number two pick to get Trubisky, and he's gone. So 
Justin Fields, is he going to end the woes of the Bears and finally give them the franchise quarterback they've been seeking for 80 years? Uh, I, I think he has the potential to do so. The thing that makes this pick curious in, in, in my eyes is, you know, you, you trade up again mm-hmm. to get a quarterback. Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, head coach and OC, uh, you know, head coach and GM, you know, this is like they're they're on their last rights there, right? This is like, it. This is it. So if it doesn't work out in year one, are you bringing a new staff for Justin Fields, or are you keeping the staff for three years to work with them? Like, what is the end game with your coaching staff when you make a pick like this? So this screams like Ryan Pace just desperately wanted to get some good pub, give himself some some room so he doesn't get fired after the year. I've been told that Matt Nagy was inflexible in fixing the offense to do what Trubisky did well, which is basically more like a college-type offense, right? You're going to give him one or two reads, a lot of zone read, play pass, RPOs. You just didn't do that. Now, maybe Trubisky wasn't good enough to even do that anyways, but is he going to be flexible enough to design an offense that helps Justin Fields, too? I think Fields is very talented. I'm just skeptical about the idea that Matt Nagy is some sort of, like, quarterback whisperer. I got, I got to see it first. I, have we, we, we keep hearing this, but... We haven't seen it done yet with a quarterback that he's he's had control of. Fields was so remarkable two years ago. You realize he went into the playoffs in a season where he had 40 touchdowns and one interception. That was his those were his numbers two years ago. 40 touchdowns, one interception. And then last year, it was just the opposite, right? He struggled. You know, the late start for the Big Ten. He looked Bad in some games. The Northwestern game, he just seemed to be out of sorts. And then came that game against Clemson. I mean, he was just unbelievable. He got hit. Yeah. He, so, he, and he, he was heroic. And now he's throwing bombs away, touchdowns, just yeah. lighting it up. And I you got it. I was thinking after that game, all right, wow, Justin Fields is definitely back in the conversation. Then he fell back again. Why why yeah, is so, there such a hard read? on whether Justin Fields has what it takes to be a successful NFL quarterback. We have to look at offensive scheme and design, which is something that we passed up on in Herbert, right? You look at the way Ohio State wants to push the ball down the field. But I will say with North, you know, Northwestern specifically and in, in, in Indiana, you know, th- those defenses do some, some fun stuff up front. And when you don't have as much time to prepare for those during college, it, it can get you sometimes. And he had more time to prepare for Clemson. And when he did, he looked great. So... You know, it could be as simple as that, is that in the NFL when he's fully committed to, I'm not saying he wasn't committed in college, but you, know, you have schoolwork and you have other activities and maybe you're going out and you got a girlfriend and you got all this, like, other things happening in life, you don't have as much time to study as you do in the NFL. And you see him get a month to prepare for Clemson, he looked great. So maybe it's as simple as that, is when he gets to the NFL and he has, obviously his entire life is dedicated to football, there's you know ability to, to see a complex defense in week one and then week two and week three and be fine with doing it. Again, I, I'm just theorizing. I don't know mm-hmm. if this is what's going on there. Um, but physically, he's got all the tools, man. Like He he can do it. And so it's a matter of the Bears putting him in a, in a situation where he can succeed and get it done. Because like I said, this is their last choice here. Uh, Nagy and Pacer, <laughs> either if he can't do this. Well, and, and as we saw with the Jets situation where you have a departing coach, General 
general manager, they take Sam Darnold, sort of their insurance of the future, turned out to be no insurance because he never developed, at least under them. And you'd bring in a new regime. They say, we don't have a connection to Sam Darnold. We're going to go with our guy. And in that case, it's Zach Wilson. All right, coming up on the other side, we got much more on the NFL draft. We're in the sixth round right now, the draft. So how does this play out? What exactly are teams looking for at this point of the draft? going to break it down with Jeff coming up next. I always know when John Ramos is on the board. John, were you there when we, uh, when Eddie Money would come come into the studio? Oh, yeah. He came in the, stu- in the studio. Oh, the yeah. Great Eddie Money would hang out. Super guy. Missed. Died way too young. Way too young. He was great. Um, by the way, for hot water that never runs out, go tankless at Navian. Navian tankless water heaters provide endless hot water for spa-like comfort. Visit tanklessmadesimple.com and save hundreds with local rebates. Tanklessmadesimple.com. Hartman and Schwartz with you. We're talking about the draft. We're into the sixth round, and it goes pretty rapid fire at this yep. point. And, you know, there's so many legendary stories about late draft picks. Obviously, the most famous is the 199th pick in the 2000 draft when the New England Patriots took Michigan quarterback Tom Brady. Turned out pretty well for them. Uh, I remember a tale from back in the day, uh, back when they used to have 12 rounds in the draft, Jeff, if you can imagine that. And the Raiders that, were... That, 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 that might kill me. Yeah, 12 rounds in the draft. And the Raiders are down the 12th round. John Madden's the coach, and they, they've, they've run out of names, you know. So he was very good friends with John Robinson, who was then the coach of the USC Trojans. Uh, John had actually spent a year as an assistant coach under Madden with the Oakland okay. Raiders before he got the USC job. So they were very good friends, and and Madden called him, and he said, you know, you guys have anybody who hasn't been drafted over there at USC? And he goes, well, I got one guy still on the board, and I think he can play. And he goes, who's that? He goes, uh, Rod Martin. Um, he was considered totally undersized, yeah. about 215-pound linebacker. Like, where are you going to play him? Safety? Where Where is he going to play? So they said, oh, all right, fine. We'll take him in the 12th round, no harm. They actually cut him and then re-signed him. Here was the thing about Rod Martin. You look at the stature, right? And this is always when we talk about these measurables with these guys, you know, you can see one thing, but the reality was he had really large hands and extremely strong hands. So his ability to shed blockers was belied his size because he had such strong, he could just, and uh, the guy ends up as a Pro Bowl linebacker. So, I mean, at this point, How's the evaluation process? Are you just going sort of like positions of need, throwing stuff out there? Are you looking at athletes? I mean, what are you looking at in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds of the draft? So this is where you know your your draft board is really put into use, right? Right. It's how you rank these guys. So the last three guys have been four guys have been drafted: Gary Brightwell, the running back at Arizona by the Giants; Will Sherman, the tackle uh, to New England, who I actually think is 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 from Colorado. Weirdly enough. He's going to be good, I think. Larry Roundtree, the third from Missouri. Jalen Twyman uh, from Pittsburgh, uh, D tackle. So, you know, you look at your board and you say, hey, these are the guys we have, that, we, that we have. And, and by the way, the board is about 150, 180 players. So, obviously, it doesn't cover all the draft picks in the draft. So, they don't all have 250 players on no, their board. No, And, you know, and we heard from various teams this year, they're only 16, you know, only 16 first-round grades. So, I actually asked around about this. I was very curious about what happens when you run out of players in the draft. Most people I talked to said – 
you rarely do because everyone has a different grade on everyone, right? You, right. You, 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 and if you do, you have like another board of like your undrafted free agent guys, your parties, and you just right. start knocking off those guys. And people forget, I mean, the second the draft is over, literally the free agents are signing all over the place. It doesn't take long for all these rookie free agents to sign on with teams. Within 24, 48 hours, they're all signed. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, they're calling. So you obviously have names on your board to sign immediately. They're almost calling. So the the back half of the the, – these last couple rounds are pretty interesting. So I was a late seventh round pick. I'm still 41 picks away from where I was drafted. (laughs) We're in pick 200 right now. So teams start calling players like me. Mm -hmm. And they say, Jets on the clock. Joe Douglas calls me. It probably wouldn't be Joe. Their offensive line coach calls me. Hey, Jeff, just let you know we're, we're interested in you. I'm pushing to draft you right now. And the Jets draft a, a, a tight end. Nay. Then when the undrafted free agent process comes in, they say, hey, we like you. Remember I told you I was going to draft you in the sixth round. And they try to curry favor with you <laughs> to get you uh, to get you to come there as undrafted free agent. Right. But I think right now it's all about the board and where there's value in picking players, right? It's all about that word value. So if even there's a guy you have a second round grade on, but injury concerns have pushed him down to the sixth round, maybe you draft him here. Maybe there's a guy you have a specific special teams need you like him for. You draft him here. Um, but again, you're not drafting players here to start this season. If they do, that's a bonus. If they start by year three, it's a bonus. I mean, these are just roster guys, special teams guys, guys that are project developments. You know, people often look at especially quarterbacks drafted after the second round bench. Like, oh, sure. There's not really history of a lot of quarterbacks drafted in the second round not being, you know, Tom Brady, obviously, Wilson, Dak. But there's not a lot. Like, it's hard to find players at this point in the draft that are going to be bona fide starters for you. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the history of the drafts, and you can go to, like, Wikipedia or something, right, and they list all the players, and they'll have certain shadings, whether they ever made a Pro Bowl or something like that. And you, you get down the last few rounds, you're not going to see a lot of that. A lot of guys' names have been long forgotten around the National Football League. All right, I want to get into this now because you follow this draft extremely closely. Big part of our draft. How was, how was Thursday, man? You you were working all day, right? Yeah, so we had a five-hour draft show Yeah, at, at Fox. And I did my morning Pac-12 show, too. Um, it, man, it was like the most I ever had doing anything. I mean, we we had a blast. Uh, five hours. Trey Wingo's amazing. Trey, they hired Trey to come in and host the show. We had millions of viewers. Uh, we had 2.7 wow. so far that they've calculated. Um, and you know they'll send more more final numbers out. Like we did a great job. It was a lot of fun. All right, so I'm sure you had a lot of names, you know, that weren't at the top of the board that you were anxious to see where they would go. Who who are some of the players that you thought were going to be good values out there that either teams grabbed or surprisingly passed on on your list? Of players, I thought that that had good value going to the draft. You not not necessarily at the top of the draft. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, who do I thought there was? I'm trying to now. That I remember. All right, well, the, let, let no, me let me back to, up for a second like here. The, now I'm thinking about the first round again because I'm like, all right, were you surprised by the way that Slater fell into the Chargers' lap at 13, or did you? Because you had him. No, I, I thought you I, thought I, him I at number 10. eight. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I guess a guy like that qualifies, but it's hard to think about those guys before the draft, right? Because a lot of it depends on where they get drafted, right? Right. And that's kind of why I fumbled the question because, like, you really you think, okay. This guy's a value play, but then a lot of those guys might go a little higher than you thought. So to me, it, it's about you know where you end up drafting a lot of players. So Slater, to me, at 13, you have top 10 player you got at 13. Um, you know, the Raiders, for example, the, the TCU safety got in the second round. Everyone had a first-round grade on them. I'll tell you one guy, and this is obviously after the fact. 
The Titans draft Elijah Molden, 100, from Washington. Duke can ball. Like, he should have been a second-round draft pick. Like, those are the guys now, Alfie, after the fact that you see a lot of value. And I think before the draft, it's hard to pinpoint like exactly who those guys are because, again, you might say, hey, this guy's value, but if he goes in the 15th overall, the value is just kind of not there right now. How much of a factor do you believe ultimately where certain guys went in this draft was based on no combine, which we've talked about. Really, it comes down to the individual interviews and the physicals, extensive physicals that each of these teams give. How much of a factor was the lack of a combine this year? I mean, it's huge. Um, and we've seen we've seen four players drafted from smaller schools I can name, right? Two from North Dakota State, two from Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we've had a lot of other ones. And in most years, you have 20, about. And last year, we didn't have as many because of no combine. That's where it hurts. So if you're, in the, if you're in the sixth round right now, and you're thinking to yourself, hey, you know, I got an SEC player or a kid from North Dakota State. You know, I'm going to take the SEC player probably, right? Like, if you, if you don't have, if you have limited... Um, uh, scouting on either of those guys, so it it hurts. It definitely hurts younger players, hundred um, percent. I'm trying to think of another guy that I thought before the draft could be valued for someone. Uh, I mean, there's specific players in the Pac-12. I mean, like I thought, Jam- I think Jamar Jefferson, wherever he goes from Oregon State, the running back will will be really good for someone. I, I, I'm trying to think of a player that got drafted in the first round who I thought would have like a credible value. That I mean, obviously, I'm talking about before the draft. You asked before right. the draft, right? Um, I mean, if Trey Lance and Justin Fields had fallen past three, I, I mean, Fields that that was one guy that I think if, if we had thought if he goes, if Jones goes three, then that's a problem. Um, were you surprised there were back to back running backs? I mean, obviously, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne were two big name running backs, but haven't we started to value I, I, the idea of first round using first round picks on running backs? Um, I, I. I don't think you need to. And then, by the way, uh, Urban Meyer came out and said that Travis Etienne is their third down back. In the first round? Urban, what are you doing, buddy? So when I watch the Steelers play, and we watch a lot of Steelers, I I was on them early in the year. I don't know. When when did we start doing this show? September, I think? Yeah. So my preseason prediction, I wrote this out on my website back before I I signed with Fox, um, that uh, the Steelers were my dark horse Super Bowl champion because they were eight and eight without Big Ben. They returned a bunch of their defense, and Big Ben came back. I looked great for you know eight weeks of the year. Um, but when we watched them play, I did not think they were one running back away from anything. I thought they had to fix their offensive line. At twenty four, you had a chance to do that. They drafted the running back. I, I they've adjusted their offensive line. I think really well actually in the third and fourth rounds. They got Green from from Illinois, and uh, they got uh, Moore from A and M. Those guys are going to be good for them. I think. Um, but I, I don't I don't like it. I don't. There's not much evidence that that those picks are value picks. Like I keep saying the word value, but that's the point of this draft. Now value is obviously subjective to, to each team. So if a team feels Najee Harris and Steelers thought this is where we, our value is, then go get them. But I don't think you have to draft a running back in the first round. I don't know though. I mean, I, I go back to Christian McCaffrey, and you know he was taken eighth overall by Carolina, and you're thinking eh, that sounds awfully high. No, no matter how versatile he is, and then he turns out to be everything he was at Stanford. Now, he had the injuries a year ago, but I, I'm still – I haven't given up on the idea about running backs still being a force in this league. I mean, look what the Titans have done. I mean, how valuable has the presence of Derrick Henry been for the development of Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback? Look at the Ravens. Yeah, Two but, years ago, okay, they set an we'll, NFL we'll record for we'll most rushing yards by a team. Derrick Henry's numbers got better when Ryan Tannehill took over. 
not the other way around. If you look at his career splits, when Tannehill took over, it skyrocketed because Tannehill could push the ball downfield. Teams played too high. I go back to the, the playoffs two years ago when, when the Titans went to uh, the AFC Championship game. Go watch the Patriots playoff game because Bill Belichick will tell you who he who he's worried about. They played two high safeties the entire game. They were worried about the play action pass. They were worried about 18 yards down the field, which is what A.J. Brown, I think, averaged that year right down the field. They were worried about Derrick Henry. Um, so I, I'm... I, I just I fail to see a lot of teams that are like a running back away when it comes to paying that guy a lot of money or drafting him high. A good running back is great. Look, I play with Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles. I play with great running backs, I, and I love them. They're great for my career. But if I was building a team, I would not take one in the first round. I would not extend one ever. Well, and look what happened to Zeke Elliott in Dallas, right? I mean, his game is Correct. diminished, right? And, and and by the way, that's always that next-level contract. That's another big question mark moving forward. All right, much more. Continuing with our draft coverage here, but let's first find out what's trending as we welcome back Mr. David Gascon. Hey, hey, hey. Mm, yeah. Not everyone has your kind of commitment, Dave. Well, <laughs> committed to what? I Whatever it is that you're working on, you're always front and center. By the way, uh, Jeff, I don't know if you know this, but uh, – we're talking to a thespian right now. He has oh, a, uh, yes, he's kind of blossoming, acting. John Ramos, did you know that about? No. Well, there's so much about David Gaskin we don't know. I know. I that. did not know that. Yeah. Oh, we don't talk, John. Yeah. It's <laughs> outside of when John's on, on leave because he's having his ninth and tenth children. <laughs> they're really talking all, so it's all good. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about the uh, the guys that are getting paired up with their with their running mates? You well, know, we we talked. You know, Jeff Chua, had Jalen. Jeff nailed this. He had Chase going fifth. He had Waddle going sixth. Um, I, and I had the Chargers going to seven to get Panay, but the Lions took him at seven. Right, which would have reunited him with Justin Herbert. But, I mean, I, I've been hearing both sides of this. Like, maybe it's not such a great idea to translate guys that had a certain connection in college and that it's going to translate in the NFL. I don't know why that would be a bad thing. If you feel comfortable as a quarterback well, I, with I think, the receiver and uh, vice versa, how would that so, be a bad thing? So I think thing? the idea is you don't want to force-feed someone when they're not open, right? Like The idea is to throw to someone who is open or design your offense and throw to the person who's supposed to be open in that all, in, in that play. So what the hell does that mean with the New York Giants? Because <laughs> they got five guys, right? Like I mean, Tony obviously getting picked up in the first round by them the New York Giants got all kinds of playmakers yeah, you know this is a again like this is the, the question you always have right because if you go off their board mm-hmm. at that point offensive line was probably not going to be up on their board and yeah. defensive line maybe the you know quitty pay from uh, Michigan might have been there he was I mean the Colts draft him what one or two picks later yeah the, the kid from Georgia who they ended up drafting the second round had a knee, so that dropped him down. I hate saying had a knee. Had a knee injury that dropped him down a little bit. So at that point, though, that might have been their highest player on the board. And I subscribe to the philosophy of best player available at that point in the draft. So, gotcha. I mean, I and I get you. Know, you don't want to spend. You have multi, you know you only play five guys at once in, in, in offense uh, skill positions, <laughs> which which. But I mean, I so I'm okay with that with that with that pick. I, I was fascinated with what. Uh, TJ didn't bring this up on the air, but TJ Hushman's on the show before was talking about Sewell and his age and the fact that he's 20, yeah. he's 20 years of age. So the opportunity for, for him, if you went to Cincinnati, not only would you get him for two deals, but you'd get him for a third. 
So you know, you get three contracts underneath him in the prime of his he, career. He, be could be years tw- of age. he could be 24 when he gets his second contract. That's, right. That's I mean, amazing. he will start it's, the it's, season it's, still 20 it's years old. It's, it's 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 Tyron Smith of the, of the Cowboys when he was drafted by. Yeah. he was 20 from USC. Right. I mean, so did you like did you like the route that they went Cincinnati, or would you have preferred Sewell there? At, I would have preferred Sewell there because I think that Sewell plus, let's say, Terrence Marshall, yeah, would have been better. Or than, Elijah Moore. So yeah, I mean, but Marshall's kind of the bigger play guy. I think they they wanted they didn't want a slot guy. They wanted a big play guy. Yeah, and those two would have been better than Chase and Carm and Jackson Carmen from Clemson. Yeah. It's wild, man. It's wild. They're uh, they're moving right along in round number six of the NFL draft. All the action you can also pick up on FoxSportsRadio.com. Major League Baseball, Patrick Corbin picked up his first one of the season. Seven innings, a pretty good ball. Four Ks, four walks, got the W. Nationals beat the Marlins 7-2. Royals 10-1 over the Twins. Indians and White Sox underway on FS1. There is no score just yet. Home half of the second inning. Guys, back to you. All right. Thank you very much, David. By the way, uh, so Jeff comes into studio. First time we've had a chance to have a face-to-face meeting. And immediately, Jeff holds up his phone. I figure he's going to show me some highlights of some, you know, prime time uh, draft prospects, right? And I'm watching a Padres pitcher during the Giants game. Melanson, the former Giants. So Melanson comes in. He, he leads the majors with nine saves. He closed it out in the ninth inning last night against the Giants. And Jeff's like, because he's a Giants guy, like, can you look at these pitches? None of them are in the strike zone. I mean, this. Umpiring this year, I'm not. I'm not a fan <laughs> of robot umpires. I, th- I think the why not? I think because I think some of the fun of baseball is kind of the human element of it. Well, it's not fun if you're a Giants and, fan last night because you showed me about half a dozen pitches that yeah, were called they, strikes that were not even yeah, close. They, they, it was three. It, I, I can look it up. It was yeah. three in a row. I mean, there were. We saw Angel in action last yeah. night. They got Dave Roberts thrown <laughs> out yeah, of the there game. Were, there were th- three pitches in a row that were just progressively further outside the zone that called strikes. Okay, but, um, but think about it. But, I mean, when you talk about electric umpires, it makes sense. You're watching tennis, right? If you're ever watching yeah, tennis, they, and the guy got 140 mile an hour serve and they wanted to see if it hit the line and it looked like, like by a millimeter it touched the line so it's in. If they can do that and it's never even questioned, like, oh, okay, there's the replay. You, you could have a perfect electronic strike zone no matter how tall or perfect where the umpire doesn't have to do anything buzzer goes off it's a strike why why can't you have that but then joe west can't command we don't need any more joe west then (laughs) then 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 joe west can't be the center of attention then angel hernandez (laughs) you know that joe west has been an umpire longer than any umpire in the history of major league baseball I think I know. I think he's still like a hundred games away from like that's games wise, seasons wise. He has. The oh most. yeah, yeah. I, I think but he's like, games wise. He, he's I, right there. He's right there. He's really close. And by the way, um, he'll never get the sniff of the Hall of Fame. He's constantly rated amongst the three worst umpires in baseball. Yeah, but yeah, but he don't care because he made so much money selling his vest. I mean, that, oh, everyone I wears his gear. Oh he no, created, he's making as an umpire, he's making three, four hundred grand a year. And now he Not got. Bad. And, yeah, he, and Paul Duca owes him five hundred grand now too. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so I was on that podcast when Paulie said that when yeah. he got. So when he, I was on with him when he said that. Uh-huh. Um, so you, so why, why look at after watching that ninth inning with Melanson getting strike after strike call and putting the Giants down in a three to two game. By the way, you're okay with that because I, I, I also don't think replay has worked as well as it should this year either. Like the computer and like the actual <laughs> like people taking time to look at everything. I mean, baseball's had some issues with replay this year. It's pretty interesting to see how they can mess up. Pretty simple stuff. You do um, understand baseball is the one sport where you don't need umpires 
You don't need them at all. In baseball, it's very simple. It's strike ball, safe out, fair foul. That's it. There are no penalties being called. There's Fair no point. fouls being called. So, you just have, so, so everything okay, can so, be done electronically. So, okay, so when someone steals second base, right? You're, do, you, do you just wait until like a light goes off in the ballpark, like on the scoreboard, if it's green or red? We're like, in the 21st century. They can do all this stuff. No, I'm saying so. Okay, so electronically okay, without so ever ha- having okay. a human element. So, so the play happens. Yeah, and you just stand there for a minute and a half and wait till the res- till you get a result. Yeah, it's it's a instantaneous. This is a this is a very instantaneous on those type of plays. Of course. Could be. We could do anything. Steve, don't forget uh, Michael Conforto just diving into a pitch with a walk off with the New York Mets a few oh, weeks ago. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, yeah, that was that was like. I mean, that was atrocious. Um, but look, I think the thing about baseball though, like, isn't it? If we didn't have to talk about umpires, we'd never talk about the sport. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's the thing is, we never. I mean, that's why baseball players don't want to do. We never talk about arrogance baseball. of umpires is unreal. Like, when we talk about baseball, I would say that. What seventy five percent of baseball talk until the playoffs is about umpire umpiring? Right. Like, there's no. There's no. We're not talking about the the Dodgers lineup right now. We're talking about a, a crappy call from the game last night. So they're not necessary. Ball strike, fair, foul, safe, out. Ah. You know, I used to umpire high school baseball in college. And. It was fun. I mean, it. I mean, it was. Did you get every call right? How many, uh, how many call. calls did you guess so, on? Uh, none of them. I actually should have tossed some. I actually should have tossed a coach. I didn't know you could toss a coach after a game. Do you guys know this? No. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a high school baseball game, and um, there was a play down the line. Uh, there was a fair foul ball down third base line. It's two umpires, so I, home plate has to go cover third base. Mm-hmm. So I ran down the line. The ball was foul. It was clearly foul, and um, the one of the managers just started giving me. To start talking to me, like just wouldn't wouldn't be quiet about it. So um, it was a three two count, and it was like the bottom you know, bottom seventh inning of high school game, and there was a close pitch on strike three. I just rung the batter up, and the game right. was over. And I rung him up because a guy wouldn't stop talking to me about it, this <laughs> play that I was right about, and it was close enough to where it counted. It was fine, and he said to me like you, you know stick to football, and I should just tossed him um, because. Yeah, the rule is you're not supposed to get personal, right? Like you can question balls and strikes, but as soon yeah. as you get like personal, you're out of there. Um, but I would, <laughs> I would do it now. I'd be much better at it now. Like I'm way more focused. I got my, I got the calls down. Like I'd be. My favorite, though, I'll tell you this, was someone steal second base, whatever, and you know they tag him. I say, show me the ball. I'd be like, oh yeah, and punch him out. I wouldn't even say out. Like, oh yeah, and punch him out. So I mean, that's the fun of baseball, I think. So yeah, well, I, I had a buddy of mine who used to do high school games, and of course, you you You're don't out. have you don't have umpires at every base, right? So he's right. behind the plate, and the pitcher's working on a no hitter, one out away from a no hitter. And the butter batter lays down a bunt. Oh, I. I so he's running guy. down to first. So he's running as the umpire, and it was clear that he beat the throw to first. But my buddy is, yeah, you're out. There's no I, way I'm going to lose a zero hitter on that. He punched the guy out. It was like what? He's like, ah, I would. No way. I would. If that was <laughs> me pitching, I'd hit the next guy. Like I, yeah. I would. I just that's not acceptable. To break, I mean, well, you punch well, the guy out. Well, you gave him the no hitter. But, but also, said, no, but, no, no, but also that depends too on the score of the game. The game is close. Fine, right. lay a bunt down, get yeah. on base. But if it's like eight nothing, right? You just you're just just to break up. I don't a know no what hitter. word. I don't know what word I can and yeah. cannot use yeah, on air. So I will, not, I will not say anything. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's a bad. It's a bad. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, my my buddy's even bigger than you are. He's a, he's a big man. Big that's very man. that's very difficult. To yeah. He's 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 a good six seven and a half about three hundred and thirty pounds. Big guy. Fair enough. <laughs> big big guy. All right, uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, what, 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 when it's all said and done, when we've laid to rest this 2021 draft, who are going to be the biggest winners? Who are going to be the biggest losers? 
Jeff's got the tally. He's ready to tell you. Coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Steve Arvin, Jeff Schwartz, want to thank the guys today. John Ramos, slumming on the weekend, but that's okay, John. I appreciate you coming <laughs> that's in. That's true. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, you will not, you will will not, not. see you tomorrow. All no, right. I'm sorry. Gonna, yeah, that's sorry, okay, Steve. John. But it's always great to hook up with the great legend. I mean legend, John Ramos. Uh, David Gascon, of course, speaking of legends, <sighs> so many things in the what, Steve? A lot in the fire. I, I predict, did I not say at the early part of last year that you were going to own the 20s? Like, you, this is going to be yeah, the decade you, of yeah, Gascon? You said this would be my decade, and all of a sudden, here comes COVID <laughs> right down the pipe. It's <laughs> nice, Steve. Before, before the pandemic, I uh, predicted. I still predict that. Mm. It's going to be great. And then there's Lita Lap, of course, who, uh, uh, Lee, are you nervous at all that Aaron Rodgers will not be your. You know, Lee's a big Packer guy through and through here, Jeff. I mean, lives and breathes the Packers. I already got my uh, Jordan Love jersey ready to go. Jordan Love jersey. By the way, Packers have made it clear that Aaron Rodgers will be our quarterback in 2021 and beyond. He's going absolutely nowhere. And even Aaron Rodgers, who apparently is at the Derby today, is backtracking big time saying, oh, no, no, I love being a Packer. No big problem there. All right, so, Jeff, uh, you have been endlessly looking through this entire draft. We are now... At pick number 210, where were you in the draft? Where were you picked? 241. 241 was your pick. Pick 241. All right, so we got a ways to go before we have the Schwartz yeah, pick. Before we have the Schwartz pick, um, you know you know who's a winner of this draft? Mm-hmm. Everyone that gets to watch it. Just the- <laughs> Sports <laughs> is the winner. Um, no, I actually, 
I kind of like last year's draft with Goodell just sitting at home. Like I kind of liked how it ended up being. Um, you know, this draft we had like a concert to start it, and we had all those other things in between. It's just unbelievable I just, when I watch I, these. I, drafts I just now. like the picks to be uh, to be out there. Um, By the way, the one thing that was a good carry uh, takeaway from last year where everything was, you know, everyone was at home. And, of course, Goodell infinitely was in his den munching on peanut M&Ms and probably taking in a little too much sauce, whatever he was drinking that night because he passed out. But um, I like the idea of sort of mixing in guys that are there, you know, taking the stage with guys at home. And, by the way, was it just me or did it look like Trevor Lawrence, his parents, and his girlfriend were sitting on the same couch that Joe Burrow was sitting on with his parents last year? It's the, the whole look looked identical I, I to like, the Burrow number one pick last year. But I like the mix of both. It must be nice to just know you're going number one overall. Yeah. Like, he knew from the second. It wasn't even like, right. you know, maybe you know, Jameis and, and Mariota, right? Yeah, Leaf yeah, yeah. Manning. Right. It was, there was like, yeah, he's going one. Mm-hmm. And prepare to, to go number one. And flying at Jacksonville, we'll be done with it. Um, so, uh, very relaxing experience for him. All right. So, have you figure out winners and losers from a team standpoint? Are there any teams that you think, at least on paper, and that's all we can talk about, at least on paper, did a really good job in how they manipulated the draft? Um, the Vikings traded back and got off at the tackle. Mm-hmm. That was impressive. Um, they got who's the other guard they drafted? Um, they got a, a guard that I think was uh, let me uh, now that I'm running all these teams together. They got a huge value in a guard as well later. Um, oh yeah, they got Wyatt Davis in the third round who entered the year as a first round guard. I think those he, they did a great job. I think the Browns continue to do a good job. Like they're again they're drafting to stop the Chiefs, right? They, Greg Newsom in the first round, uh, a corner. They got the uh, the linebacker from Notre Dame, pick 52 in the second round, who most people had as a first-round guy. I mean, I think he was 17th on DJ's big board. Um, Anthony Schwartz, they drafted him, the fastest Schwartz there ever was. Um, I think they did a – I think the Browns did a good job. Um, look, again, it's – do you fill needs – with talented players. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of teams that did this um, in the draft. By the way, when you talk about guys dropping, right, you have famous stories like uh, an Aaron Rodgers or Randy Moss, right, as a guy that drops in the draft or, you know, questionable. Warren Sapp was one of those guys dropped because there was supposedly a positive marijuana test. And in, in a couple of years ago with the Chargers, Derwin James dropped down, right? And then they show up and they're like, wow. He was as good as advertised. How did this guy drop? How did they fall down the draft? I mean, it, and and this is where you overthink it. You know, uh, analysis by paraly- paralysis I mean, by analysis, and you start reading things. I mean, for instance, you have Parsons, the the Parsons kid, then and, the, and yeah, the Cowboys I, I end up taking get, him I mean, at ten. The, the Michael Cowboys Parsons. draft. If you look at the third round, they took guys that people had. You know, like ranked 150th or worse on their big boards. I mean, they they had an. Are they losing draft. it right now? I mean, they needed serious help. Well, they drafted like six defensive players in a row, which is the most they've ever drafted to start a draft. On which defense. makes sense because their, their defense was, was beyond was bad. Poo last year. Um, so I, um, I again, I don't do draft grades for this exact reason. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if you look at what Jacksonville did with with Lawrence, with Fields, with the Bears, uh, with Niners, with with Trey Lance. Um, you know, they all got themselves their future franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, and I thought you'd bring up a very good point about New England's situation with Mac Jones because he is 
a polar opposite of the quarterback they have right now. And by the way, as soon as they drafted Mac Jones, they said, you know, Cam Newton is our quarterback. Well, that's great, but he runs a totally different offense. Correct. But the vast majority of these players, their success in the NFL, is it safe to say it's based on just being in the right place at the right time? Right system? Is that the way I mean, football I mean, works? I mean, there are I, supreme I think, talents that are successful I, 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 anywhere. Yeah, but I think we're seeing that, you know, like a Mahomes would be good anywhere, but Andy Reid makes him even better. Right. And it's the ability of offensive coordinators now that I think tailor their offense much better to what the quarterback does. So Mahomes would have been good anywhere, but Andy Reid made him even better. So that's what we're hoping they can do with these top five guys. So do you ultimately feel a connection with everyone drafted at 241 each year in the draft? We, like, should, hold, we should hold a reunion every year. Pick 241. Like they have Mr. Irrelevant, like, I, I you know, I'm, the last I, pick in the draft. Well, what about the Schwartz pick at 241? I hope I'm the longest one who's ever played from that position. I'm going to look right now. <laughs> He's breaking it all down. Keep it right here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an ohio homebuyer plus account from kemba financial credit union a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn seven percent apy a 500 matching bonus and a 1500 mortgage closing cost credit learn more at kemba.org offer expires march 31st 2025 apy equals annual percentage yield restrictions apply nmls 292230 equal housing lender federally insured by ncua xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote 